0: Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, Hey everyone, welcome to Starting Line Church. My name is Zach and I serve as the Spiritual Formation Pastor here. And I'm excited that we are continuing our series, our conversation, Uh, around DNA uh, today. Uh, Over the past couple of weeks, we've dove into this series of DNA, really looking at who we are as a church, how God has wired us uniquely. And we started out week one um, talking about just kind of our name and our mission. Um, You know, where does this idea of starting line and this idea of there is more come from and what does it mean for us and last time we talked about um, our values our three values of faith relationships and purpose and how they fit in uh, to this overall vision that we have as a church if you haven't already uh, checked those out i would encourage you to check those out Uh, those are on our facebook page Uh, you can also check those out on our website startinglinechurch/watch or on our podcast, um, which you can find on all major podcast platforms. Growing up, I loved sports. And even still today, I love sports. I loved playing them. I loved watching them. I loved being around them. Um, So naturally, growing up, I wanted to be uh, an athlete. So I began as a little tot uh, with soccer and t-ball as a kid. And what I learned from those experiences uh, is that I had zero hand-eye coordination whatsoever. I could not hit the ball. Um, I believe I had one hit in like six years. Um, I also couldn't kick the ball. Um, I'm pretty sure I fell down every time I tried to kick it. And so those were out. And so I grew up then. I got into middle school. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try uh, maybe like basketball and football. Uh, The problem there was is that I was the smallest kid in my class. Sometimes even the smallest kid in the class behind me. Uh, but I was, I was a very, very small kid. And so that turned out to not really work well in those two sports as I was a wide receiver who uh, just consistently got overshadowed and a kid on the basketball court who just got stuffed a lot. And so naturally, as I uh, grew up and got into high school, I was like, okay, those sports are out for me as well. And so I decided, okay, you know what? No sports with any hand-eye coordination. So that leaves me with running. So I took up track and cross country and I absolutely loved it. I guess I was small enough, like I was aerodynamic or something. Um, But uh, as you know, those two sports of track and cross country involve a lot of running. So I would uh, go out on runs or we would be running these races. And one thing that I would always look out for was mile markers. Right, as you're running a cross country race, at each mile marker there was normally like a timer there. Um, sometimes it was just parents with their phone, or sometimes they had a big sign with a timer on it, and it would let you know what your current time was, so that you knew like, okay, I'm on pace to make the time that I want, or ooh, I'm falling behind, I gotta pick it up a little bit. But we've shared the last couple of weeks that that this race, uh, this life that we live with Jesus, is comparable to a race specifically we've talked about it in 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 like a journey or like a marathon right it's not a sprint it's not something that happens instantaneously or even quickly but it's this long journey right as the as the author Eugene uh, Peterson put it um, it's a it's a long obedience in the same direction and so something that we have found is helpful uh, when talking about this journey um, is to establish mile markers along the way right these these guideposts to help us know where we are where we're going and where we've come from right just like when you're running a race you you come up um, on that first or second mile marker you know where you are right Um, in cross country it's a little over three miles and so when you would make it to that first mile marker you're like all right I've, I've done one mile I've got two miles uh, to go and, and, and I tell you the most exciting part was when you made it to that two mile marker because you're like I'm over halfway done I already have two miles under my belt I only have a little over one to go but I've already done a lot of work and so you kind of get this second burst of energy as you look forward and you're like the, the finish line is only a, less than a mile away I'm over halfway. And so the same is true in our spiritual life, right? Establishing mile markers helps us in a variety of ways. The first is that mile markers remind us of where we've come from, right? The journey that we're on when we say yes to Jesus, it takes many turns and twists along the way. It has its ups and downs. And so it's in those down times um, it, it's helpful for us to be able to look behind us and see where God has brought us right um, it, it reminds us in those moments that life is just uh, is a journey right it's a long thing it's not instantaneous right we might be in this valley in this uh, you know in this down part of our journey in life. And so these mile markers help us to look back and see the progress that we've made, right? We don't just magically become like Jesus and and, and lean into our purpose overnight, but it's this progression, it's this journey that takes place. Right, there are so many times even um, that we see this idea of, of establishing, um, they weren't called mile markers, they had a lot of different names, but especially in the Old Testament we see this theme come up time and time again where, where, where someone would be doing something, God would step in, right, and they would somehow uh, create a marker or a monument or something to remind themselves or the people that came after of, of what God did in those moments. Right. one of my favorite examples comes from Joshua chapter 4 um, if you have your Bibles you can turn there but just to kind of get you up to speed on what's happening right um, the the Israelites they have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years right if you remember uh, a little bit ago we did our series on Exodus and so they have they have left Egypt uh, God was leading into the promised land but um, then something happened where they disobeyed God um, and, and and he caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years right they were nomads they were not quite Quite ready to inherit the promised land yet so the time has come right uh, Moses has passed away he has passed the mantle of leadership on to young Joshua and and God comes to him and says it is time for you to take hold of the promise it is time for you to fulfill what I said 40 years earlier and go in and 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 take the promised land and where God was going to lead them to her too. So he takes this nation, right? Remember, this is like hundreds of thousands of people and, and, and all the cattle and everything that comes with an entire nation. And so they are getting ready But they come, and and in order to cross over into the Promised Land, they have to cross over the Jordan River. And so they come to the Jordan River. It is in flood stage, right? And so it is high. It is deep. But God does this miraculous thing where he holds back the river from flowing, right? And the Israelite nation is able to cross over into the promised land across the Jordan on dry land. And so we pick up, we see this interaction starting with verse 1 in chapter 4. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever, right? These markers, these stones that they placed were set up as a reminder of where God did something amazing. And Joshua even instructs and says, listen, when the people in the future, right, when your children ask you, what are those stones for? You can recount, you can tell them the story of what God did, of what God delivered them from. And so, in a way, these mile markers, they help us to look back, to remind ourselves of what God has done in the past and see how far he has already brought us. Secondly, mile markers keep us on the journey, right? There are times when the journey gets rough. Um, and we might be tempted to get distracted, to, to actually step off the path, step off the race. Um, or there, might, there are so many things in this world that try to pull us away from the purpose that God has for us. And so these mile markers serve as a way of keeping us on the path, right? These, these spaced out markers. A few weeks ago, I read this story um, about a lady who is hiking the Appalachian Trail. Um, Her name was Jerry, and she had already hiked over a 1,000 miles into her journey, and she was due on this day to meet up with her husband. And so what would happen is her husband would meet her um, at these these points along the trail um, and restock her with food, right? And they would meet up, and he would encourage her, like, keep going, you're almost done. And so they were supposed to meet up this one day, and unfortunately, Jerry never showed. And so the next day, her husband begins to worry. He calls in the search party, right? And they, they pull in. Um, there was actually a military base nearby. And so they are bringing in uh, some, I believe it was some of the army. And so they go through. There are search parties that go through. And if you know anything about the Appalachian Trail, you know that once you get off the path, it is really hard to find your way back on. What we know now is these search parties actually came within a hundred yards of where jerry was but were unable to see her due to the thick uh, foliage that had covered and so what we now know from her journal that she kept is that uh, as she was hiking along that day she realized she had to go to the bathroom and so she stepped off the trail and unfortunately was never able to find a marker again to get her back onto the trail, and she actually wandered in the wilderness for about 26 days before she uh, unfortunately passed away, even though these search parties came so close to finding her, right? It's easy for us to get lost or, or even distracted on this journey with Jesus. So many things try to pull us off the path that he's laid out for us, and so having these mile markers spaced out along the way helps keep us on the path, helps keep us moving forward. Lastly, mile markers give us something to look forward to, right? The same as looking back, sometimes it's, some, it's helpful to have uh, the finish line in mind, right? To be able to see the end, to have something to look forward to, something to look, uh, to, to look forward to, right? And so in running, say, a marathon, right? If your goal is just to see the finish line, that's 26 some miles away. That's a long way, and it can be tempting in the middle there to get distracted, and so what they coach runners and when you're running a marathon is just keep working for that next mile marker, right? You go to the first, then you go to the second, you go to the third, right? The eventual goal is the finish line, but you work towards and you look to that very next mile marker. And so these things, right, these, uh, these mile markers help us do that. They give us something to look forward to in, in, both in the short term and in the long term. I take the example of, of, of generosity, for example, right? We know that, that as followers of Jesus, we are called to be people who are generous. And so maybe you begin and you say, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm not a generous person, but I, I know that this is what Jesus called me, called me to be, right? You don't just step out and do it all at once, right? Maybe you do, and that's great. Um, but sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start out and I'm going to tithe 1% of my income to my, to my church every year. And then that slowly works up to two, three, four, 5%. And then eventually it becomes not even just about um, a financial generosity, but you start becoming more generous with your time or, or, or your love or, or just you know, being in the presence of, of other people, right? There's a progression. There are steps that can take place along the way. There are many mile markers that line out that journey with us. So what I want to do with the end of our time here is just talk about real briefly each of these six mile markers that we've laid out for Starting Line Church. We, we believe that these make up the core of who we are. They, they are embedded into our DNA. There are so many that we could choose from. Uh, we could have a million mile markers. But we've chosen these six for us um, as a church, specifically a Starting Line Church, to uh, focus on, to work towards, um, to grow in. So without further ado, here are uh, our six mile markers at Starting Line Church. The first, uh, our, our first mile marker, and one of the things that we celebrate the most is when someone says yes to Jesus, right? In the language of the race, you cross the starting line, right? You begin a relationship with Jesus, right? We believe that this is a big deal and something we love to celebrate right Romans 10 verse 9 says if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved right this is the starting line this is saying yes to Jesus right saying that you believe that Jesus is Lord of your life and believing that he is who he says he is and did what the Bible says he did what he did then we can cling to this promise of being saved of being rescued by God right? If you've already made that decision, that is fantastic. We love that. But if you're still on the fence, right? Maybe you haven't come to the starting line yet. That's okay. This is a mile marker. It's something that we work towards and we simply just want to be here and walk that part of the journey with you. Secondly, uh, we celebrate when someone declares faith through baptism. 1 Peter 3 says, And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus. Right? Baptism is a response to the decision to follow Jesus. It's this public declaration of your intent to run this race with God right? In baptism, you declare to others that you want to follow Jesus, that you are following Jesus, and you want those around you to help you run that race, right? It's this powerful picture uh, of what Jesus did on the cross, right? And, and, and going under the water, it symbolizes us putting to death the old life, right? The, the, the who we were before Jesus, and when we come up out of the water, we we actually identify with the resurrection of Jesus coming back to life, this new self that, that we are given. Later this summer, we're going to be celebrating baptisms again as a church. And if that's a step that you want to take in your journey, I encourage you to reach out. We want to have a conversation with you and we want to get you on that schedule um, because we are so excited just to be able to celebrate baptism this summer. Our third mile marker is when someone engages in a more group. Right. Sundays are great, but we can't just run the race on Sundays. More groups are are simply a way, a tool that we have um, outside of Sunday mornings for us to to be in relationship with one another, to dive deeper in our faith, to live into our purpose as followers of Jesus. And we were really intentional about this. Uh, We didn't simply want this mile marker to be joining a more group uh, because that's great, but that's simply just the first step in the journey. We really want you to engage. We want you to participate. We want you to, uh, you know, do life with your, uh, with your more group members. Fourth, we celebrate when someone meets a need in their community. If you've spent any time around Starting Line Church, you know that we are passionate about not just being, uh, you know, quote unquote, a country club church, right? That we don't just exist for, for, for us. But we care about our community. You're going to actually hear next week um, a lot of the things that we do to, to be part of our community and how much we value that. We've actually set aside a whole Sunday just to talk about that. And I'm so excited for that next week. Uh, but, but we celebrate when someone meets a need in their community. And this could be in a variety of ways. This could be serving with Starting Line Church, right? This could be uh, at, at any of our events like Trunk or Treat. This could be doing recess with the schools. Uh, but this could also be simply meeting a need in your community, right? Whatever neighborhood you live in, right? You have people that live around you that are in, in need. And so we also want to just be able to celebrate when you are able to help your neighbor out with something. Because we believe um, that in, in, in meeting these physical needs, we can then begin to have conversations about the hope that we have in Jesus. Next, and, and, and somewhat of a continuation of the previous one, right, in meeting needs in our community, uh, we celebrate when we establish relationships with people outside of the church, right? The good news of Jesus isn't just for us, right? We believe that there are so many people around us that need the love and the hope of Jesus, right? Like Pastor Al shared in in week one, uh, we are all looking for more in a lot of things, right? But we know that as followers of Jesus, we have that more. And the best way um, that we know how to share that more with those around us is to just be in relationship with people, right? I love hanging out with people at Starting Line Church. It is awesome, but it can't just be that, right? We have to be cultivating relationships with people outside of the church, because it's through those relationships that we can begin to have these deep conversations of, 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 of what Jesus means to us, what Jesus has done in our lives. And lastly, our sixth mile marker um, is we love it when people reflect the character of Christ. Right? This is the whole point of our journey, right? becoming more like Jesus. Right in reality, these previous five mile markers you could do, um, you could knock all of them out. Right, you could be like, I serve. I have re- I have friends that, that aren't in the church. That I'm you know trying to be like uh, Jesus with, and I've been baptized and I've said yes to Jesus. I'm in a more group. Right, but this is, this goes so much deeper than this. Right, we believe in this refining of our character, of reflecting Christ. Right, the Bible says that we were made in the image of God. And so one of our desires here as a church is to reflect that image, to reflect that character, to grow in it, right? That as we journey along, we would become more and more like Jesus. So hopefully these mile markers are helpful for you as you journey along with Jesus, as you reflect on these over the next couple of weeks, I encourage you just to think about um, what are the mile markers in your life that you have already passed, right? What are those ones that you've checked off and you're like, yes, I have done that already. I can look back. Uh, in moments that are that are hard in life and look back on those mile markers and say, God has brought me to this point through all of that and he will deliver me through. But maybe what's the next mile marker you're coming to? Maybe it's getting plugged into a more group. We have an online more group that meets. Maybe it's getting plugged into that. Maybe it's getting uh, baptized this summer as part of Starting Line Church. We would love that, right? There's so many different things that you could do, but just think about that. What is my next step? What is the next mile marker that God is calling me to come up? too. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that life is a journey, that it's not just an instantaneous thing, that when we say yes to following you, we just magically, um, you know, go to heaven, but that we simply can be on this journey with you, and that it's through this process of you uh, refining us and us becoming more like you, that we can share your love with, with our neighbors, with our community, with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.